inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining today. If you are from the tech industry, you will definitely enjoy this episode and you are going to get a lot of very interesting things, how to do great talks. But if not, you also learn about storytelling. So let me introduce you my new guest. My new guest is Emily Edgeley. She is a public speaking coach working with people from the tech industry. She helps people give more interesting talks and enjoy themselves while doing it. Her favorite thing to teach others about is storytelling hello emily hello oscar thank you for having me it's great having you emily definitely i really want to have an interesting conversation with you about storytelling and more specifically uh, for like us you and you and me who have come from the tech industry so please tell us a bit Mm. your journey how you became a professional speaker and coach Sure. So my story starts right back. I think I need to explain what I did at university. So I studied maths and cybersecurity at university and I was a fairly shy child. And, you know, it would be no stretch of the imagination to say that I wasn't very good at presenting. And if you understand where I came from, so I came from a world of facts and figures And when I would present in the corporate world, two things happened. I got quite nervous when I was presenting and also I would speak in facts and figures, if you want to call it that. And so it was, you know, rather dry. And I didn't know, though, at the time that there was any problem with that. I, you know, I had no understanding about needing to engage an audience and So I sort of, you know, went along like that until one day when I watched a Simon Sinek TED Talk. And in the space of 18 minutes, I was so captivated. At the end of this TED Talk, I did a couple of things. I printed out his golden circle and stuck it on my desk (laughs) as a reminder to myself of, you know, the importance of starting with why. And then... I, every time I started a conversation or I started an email, I always started with why. And I told everyone about it that they had to watch this TED Talk. And so essentially what he had done is he had changed my behavior. And I thought about it and I thought back to the corporate world and I thought back to university days and I thought, you know, in the space of like five years, no one had ever inspired me. No one had really, truly influenced behavior change. And so I had this burning question in the back of my mind, which was, how did he do it? And I wanted to figure out, you know, what was his secret? So I went on a bit of a quest of at least a good couple of years, and I did a heap of different things. So I joined Toastmasters, like I think, a lot of your guests have done. I did courses. I got a coach. I read heaps of books and I analyzed and I spoke to a lot of great presenters. 
And one of the themes that kept coming up when I spoke to people that I really admired was they weren't born this way. And that gave me so much comfort, you know, sitting on the sidelines as someone that struggled with public speaking, to hear someone that was phenomenal at it, to say to me, you know, I was never like this. I was actually terrible as well (laughs) to start with. Don't worry. It's not a skill you're born with. It's something that you can work on. So with, you know, fueled by that knowledge, I, I kept at it. And as my confidence grew and as my skills grew and as my communication started to shift, of course, what did I then want to do is I wanted to share what I had learned. So I started to just do workshops at work. So I would just run small workshops to, you know, it might be my team. Uh, and then it just grew. So it might be go from my team to broader teams to executives. Then I got asked to go to China and then I got asked to go to India to teach them about storytelling. Uh, and then someone asked me if I could uh, be their storytelling coach, if they could pay me. And it then got to a point where I had to make a decision whether I would continue with my corporate career or whether I would continue and follow my passion. And so about a year and a half ago, I got to that pivotal point where I left my corporate career, took a leap of faith and decided to follow what really brought me a whole lot of joy, which was to help other people on the journey that I had done myself. And I was very lucky that I supported the technology industry where there's a massive amount of demand and that essentially is what I'm doing now, is helping people from the tech industry to really enjoy presenting and to make their talks interesting and relatable. Hmm. It's already a very, very fascinating journey, the one you are, you are sharing with us. And, and I can see mm. already how you use storytelling for, just for telling your own, uh, your own story, how you became <laughs> <laughs> who you are today. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty interesting. Many, uh, you mentioned the pivotal moment of choosing you quit your job or you, you, um, yeah. you start being uh, independent and, and a coach, et cetera. But other pivotal mm. moments, such as when you saw a, um, a speaker that ins- inspired you so much that uh, you could yeah. not, uh, uh, you had to do something about that. And, and also another yeah. moment that of course happened to many of us is that you know, or you meet for the first time a person who is, is really good, is brilliant. And this person will tell you, I used to be terrible. <laughs> so that's also yes. <laughs> something that <laughs> oh, truly can vulnerability, change. There's connection, isn't there? Yes. And sometimes yeah. this, this moment, um, they take a, very long to to happen for for some people right? you don't see you don't have these moments very very interesting uh, do you mean where you're yeah oh yeah i think it's it's fascinating to know that other people have been on a journey that you're going on and they're further than you are they're they're where you want to be when you when you hear things like that it's very motivating so yes for me that was very important very important for me to hear that at the point of time where I was. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about storytelling and particularly in the tech industry. So I'll ask you first from what you have observed uh, 
from people mm-hmm. you've been working together and people you have observed going to talk, etc. And what are the typical storytelling mistakes you see in this industry? <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't actually say I see a lot of storytelling mistakes. The biggest thing that I would say in answering that question would be that not enough people tell stories. So the biggest storytelling mistake is that people think it's not appropriate to tell a story. So if you, I don't know if everyone knows, but 65% of our general conversation, so take, you know, away from the corporate world, is stories and gossip. Mm-hmm. Now, if we prefer naturally then to, to talk in stories and, and gossip when we're talking with our friends and our colleagues, then why when we get into a corporate situation do we throw away that preferred method of communication and talk in facts and figures? So that's the biggest mistake I see is that people just think it's best to talk in information and facts and figures when really people can relate much more And people will remember what you've said much more and people will be influenced to act much more if you can weave a story and humanize the facts and figures. So, yeah, I think that would be how I would answer that question. Yeah, so the best mistake is just not telling stories. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I think, yeah, I know where it comes from as well. So. I know, like for me personally, and I know a lot of techies, you're probably the same, you spend a lot of time honing your craft and you spend a lot of hours going deep into your technical area of expertise. And generally, you don't, you know, bump into information about storytelling or or marketing or sales or or anything like that. So it's just not something that you come across. And that's why I think when people in technology talk, they talk in the way that they've learned, which is generally just information. Sure, exactly. So what, what would you say um, your, your best piece of advice about uh, storytelling in tech? So storytelling in tech, I would say that the simplest thing to think about, so don't over-engineer what a story is. I used to think it was all very complicated and structured. A story needs to connect the dots for people and it needs to humanize something. So let's just say you almost a lot of the time when people are presenting, they're presenting a functionality, let's just say, in technology. They might be talking about some technical solution. What I would say to that is take people on a journey. Explain to people what happened prior and what this, where this tool or this functionality will take people once it's introduced that is a great way to humanize a piece of technology and it's very easy to do you don't need to be a storytelling expert you don't need to put a whole lot of thought into it you just need to explain how technology interacts with humans that very simply is storytelling Mm And I can, I can give some examples of how you use a story, a very loose story structure or a very loose mm-hmm. sort of story, storytelling approach to tell more stories in, in different circumstances. Uh, sure, sure, please. 
Sure. Okay. So a couple of really easy ones are you can even use a story format when you're telling people what you do. So I'll give a great example. I know in the past when I would tell people what I would do, I would tell them literally what I did. Mm -hmm. As in, I might say, I coach people one-on-one and I also provide group workshops and I do speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. So very much about the what. And I know a lot of other people when they go to networking events or when they talk to someone else in their company, that's what they might talk about. Mm -hmm. Whereas people really want to know where do you take people from and to in your role. So now when I talk about what I do, I say to people, I take people in the tech industry who either don't like presenting or don't think they're very good and I take them to a place where they can be much more relatable, much more engaging and much more memorable, whether that is at work or at a conference. So as you can see, the first example is just facts and figures. Mm -hmm. The second example explains it in a story structure in that it it takes people um, from a place of a beginning to an end and it includes characters. So that's one very easy example. You can also do this in so many other ways. If you think about you might be talking about a new strategy that's coming out or a new approach that's coming out, that it's a technical approach. Now, instead of just talking about the technical solution, and I sort of touched on this a little bit before, you can talk about previously what used to happen Mm -hmm. and then after you implement this solution, what will happen. So you can use storytelling to explain things in so many different ways. I'll give another example in terms of if you're talking at a conference. So if you're talking at a conference or at an event, there's two types of stories that you can easily tell or share. So the first one is if you're talking at an event or a conference and it's a topic that you've selected, which generally it should it should be, you should have some connection to that topic. There should be a reason why you're talking about that topic. And I call that your origin story. So I would always share your origin story with the audience. And if you like, I have an example of this that I have seen before where, where someone was talking about a, uh, I think it's the European Privacy Act. And they were talking about how they were, um, they had done some investigation to the European Privacy Act and what the flaws were. And they were going to explain that. And they had a very interesting backstory where they had had a bet with their fiance that they could um, elicit information uh, about um, the fiance based on some of the shortcomings of this privacy act. And so it, it was just very interesting to hear, like, where did this talk come from, if that makes sense? Where did your interest in this topic come from? And, you know, humans, are, we're curious beings. We <laughs> love to be able to connect the dots and understand why. So share with people what prompted your interest in a particular topic rather than just explaining the details of the topic. Mm-hmm. And then the second bit in terms of a conference, so if you also want to tell a story at a conference uh, and when you're doing a, a talk, you can share your experience on a particular topic. I find that too often people just talk about the topic. Let's just say you might have 
a new approach to coding or a new approach to threat profiling, instead of just talking about what your framework or what your approach is, talk about how you came to realize that that was a great framework or an approach, if that makes sense. So talk about perhaps you struggled originally and then you learned a lesson about the importance of something and then your your experience, your the way you behaved and the way you acted changed. So if you can see, hopefully, Oscar, and to the people listening, there's a theme coming out with all of these examples in that there's almost always like a before and an after, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, with a story. Don't just give people the middle. Give people mm. the before and the after as well as the middle, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's definitely a good takeaway, the, the before and after, because I will... That will force you to yeah. um, to imagine these two scenarios, two concrete scenarios. It will paint in, on your mind the the before it, and exactly. the after the scenario. Yeah, because I think really a story gives people evidence, if that makes sense, in a way of of why something's so. And that's, I think, what people are after. You know, it's like if I tell you something is a good way to go. You might not be convinced, but if I show you that this is the way to go by by telling you a story of someone that's gone through that, if that makes sense, then you're much more likely to really believe it and buy into it and relate to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely works. So you mentioned earlier <laughs> um, Simon Sinek as uh, one person who you saw and in, inspired you. Uh, do you have some also yeah. people, examples in, in the tech industry? Now you're making me think. I I do, but I actually can't even remember the guy's name off the top of my head. I actually I didn't know who this was. I'll I'll, I'll tell a little bit of a story. I was at a mm-hmm. security conference last year, and I was coaching some first time speakers at the security conference, and there was a very famous security hacker that was presenting. Mm-hmm. And he was presenting for about an hour and a half. And I, it was later in the day, I think it was about five o'clock. And so we'd sat through all these presentations and I was planning to leave. (laughs) And a few people said to me, oh, you have to stay. It's, you know, such and such talking. And I, I said, oh, but I, I, you know, I need to go. Anyway, so I decided that I would stay and I was getting curious then because so many people had said, you have to, you know, watch this guy talk. And so I stayed and I sat there and as he came out, he started to tell a story Hmm. and he started to tell a story about how he got into what he got into and it started off that he liked magic and Anyway, he went through this whole story about he liked magic and then he started to um, do a little bit of coding and then he was a bit naughty in one of his coding classes. He hacked everyone's pass, um, <laughs> passwords and um, he even hacked the teacher's password and the, oh. the teacher was you know, uh, almost sort of laughed and um, was uh, impressed rather than annoyed at <laughs> his talent, his raw talent. And um, anyway, he went on through this long story about the origins of where he got to what he got to doing, and it was so captivating. And I was sitting there thinking, I have to go because I actually had to leave, but I, I didn't want to leave. And he had an audience of 
I don't know, 5,000 people totally sitting on the edge of their seats, hanging on every single word that he said, and he had not one slide from what I remember. Mm. Now, that's very, very rare. You don't see that at (laughs) the security conferences that I go to. It's almost always death by PowerPoint. And so that would be one of the few examples that I can remember and explain of storytelling in the tech industry. There's another one which wasn't as famous person that that was a th- the threat profiling example that I briefly mentioned before, but this was also very fascinating. He, The whole presentation was a story and he was talking about a threat profiling and he, instead of what most people would do would be they would, you know, use perhaps 95% of the time to talk about the solution, their idea, what have you. And they might spend 5% of the time talking about what sparked that idea. He spent 95% of the time talking about the story, the experience that he had. Essentially, it was just a very bad experience that he had running Mm -hmm. a threat profiling workshop, something interesting that he did when he realized, oh, my goodness, I have to change. This is not working. And then he replayed what happened once he changed his approach. And that was really it. It it makes it sound probably so super simple, but it was so entertaining and you felt like you were there with him and you could follow and you could relate and it was memorable. And isn't that everything that you want a talk to be? So I think, yeah, they would be my two examples that I can think about, but they're very few and far between. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Excellent. Um, and if someone wants to, okay. Um, Say okay, I want to. I would like to start using more so- stories, be more consistent yes. in my storytelling. There are some, some. Uh, it's a toolbox. Uh, so what what do we need to 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 do yeah. storytelling as well? Okay, so the first thing I would say would be if you don't already watch TED Talks, I would say start watching some TED Talks because almost all of them are done in a way where they use storytelling. So that would be for some inspiration, number one. Then number two, I would start to write a story file. Now, all the people that I speak to that are interested in storytelling do this, and all it really is is just start writing down a list of interesting stories that you have either heard about, you have read, or their experiences in your own life. So just start to get a whole list down because the more you realise that you actually have stories that you can tell, the more you're going to tell stories. So that would be the second thing. The third thing would be to understand that storytelling doesn't need to be complicated. Like I said before, you just need to humanise things and connect the dots. So. The way I approach storytelling is I generally, or you can do it in two ways. You can either start with a point you're trying to make and find a story or you can start with a story and find a point, if that makes sense. So 
I think the story file helps because you will start writing down the stories and you can either pick one off and then try and find, okay, well, what's the lesson in this story mm-hmm. for people? You know, how could it be useful? Or you might decide, actually, I have a point I'm trying to make and this story can illustrate that really well. The other thing that's really helpful to understand if you want to start telling stories is that you can source a story in four different ways. So I know when I first started out trying to tell stories, I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be terrible at telling stories because either I don't remember things from my life or, you know, I just haven't had an extraordinary life, you know. You know some people that have just had the most amazing things happen to them and, of course, you know, you can tell an amazing story around mm, some yes. wonderful experience. But for me, I was just like my life's fairly ordinary. But what I came to realise is you can either tell a story of something that's happened to you, you can tell a story that you've heard, mm-hmm. you can tell a famous story or you can tell, a, you know, a hypothetical story. So in your story file, try to list down those four different types, if that makes mm. sense. And, you'll, you know, with the way that Google is these days and, you know, the fact that people share so much stuff on social media, it would almost, I would almost challenge you that you could find a story for any point you're trying to make. So they would be my my tips for people if you're wanting to start to tell stories. Mm-hmm. Yes, this uh, this last point you said that uh, you have uh, different uh, make some categories of type of stories that are are useful for your for your talks. That's that's definitely a good thing. Yeah. Uh, regarding the second one, with something I do, mm-hmm. also I I have a file of stories when I from ah. time to time. I, Fascinating! I, I I would love to know what's in your story file. <laughs> what's my story file? As in, not 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 the like what type of information? Yeah, when you write, what are the different categories? Um. Well, well, the categories are um, well, categories for my in my case, for instance, have been um, well, failure. Uh, um, that ah. the. Um, Occasions when I was selling, occasions when I didn't listen to, mm-hmm. to the customer or the audience. So, well, there can be too many, actually. Mm-hmm. Depends what, what you need for your, uh, for your talks. Um, what I would like to hear from you is actually how much, uh, if I spend the time writing some of the stories coming up. Okay. This story in 2001, I was doing this. Okay. I found something interesting. How much should I write? in this file uh, should i write just uh, oh. two lines uh, try to make uh, some uh, already structure yeah what would you say is the that's best? a great question so so for me i actually don't write the whole story out in my story file i actually just write a little almost like a title as in it's enough to jog my mm. memory of it but it's not written out in its entirety. It's almost like an index for yes. a story. If if I then <coughs> want to go in and tell the story, then I would generally write it out. But I would I I'm a massive fan of writing things out on post-it notes mm-hmm. because it, it makes you keep it really concise. So yes. I never write a story out word for word. Mm-hmm. I just find it's the the sh- surefire way to trip yourself up 
I just try and write out what's the few points of the opening, what's the few points of the middle of the story, and what's a few points of the closing of the story. You know, and if there's anything really memorable in there, like a lesson, and you know, in in my story that I told at the start, mm-hmm. there was a really big point where I learned the lesson that you don't have to be born a good public speaker. So mm-hmm. those those really important bits I would write down, but otherwise definitely not word for word. I think that's that's a yeah, just makes you try and memorize it, and then it. I don't think that's a good way to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for simple sharing that. Uh, of course, it's uh, no, that's fine. at the time you are going to, at the time you have a talk and you need that story, that's when you are going to find the words. When you practice, you okay, you know what are the words that work for you. Yeah, so you also yes, exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's good just to to write uh, one or two lines, as you say, as a sort of index, because the stories already happened to you, so you are going to remember. And maybe the the key details yeah. would be good to to put in this uh, in this index in this one or two lines per story. Yeah, but I agree that it's a yes. very good exercise to uh, to make a file of your stories because uh, uh, one day you will need some stories and it's easier to to find them to have the 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 index as you said. Yes, and do you know what happens when you start to write a story file? I find you actually start to become a lot more actively listening to stories around you and mm. then I, I just get random thoughts in, you know, I might be off for a run or I might be watching a, a show or something like that and then I get an idea or mm-hmm. something happens to me and I write it down and I think that's the beauty of it is that it's not something you will do and then you have a story file and it's done. Mm-hmm. Ideally, the way that it works really well is that you constantly add to it and I don't know if you do this but Mm-hmm. Yes. Sometimes you can get something that just happens to you. And I, I thought of a great example then about my daughter and a story I can tell about, you know, how I have to calm her down before she goes down for her sleep and how you can relate that to public speaking anxiety. So you can mm-hmm. get ideas for telling a story in everyday life, just like a comedian gets ideas for a great <laughs> comedy routine in, in terms of their everyday life. Yeah, that's true. So suddenly you are watching a movie and say, oh, but I've done this. I have to write down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. You, you, you don't have all your stories at your on your mind every time. So some, some of them are a bit hidden yes. on your memory. Exactly, exactly. That's so, so true. Yeah. So, Jen, one, one concrete uh, thing I would like to ask you if... Um, how different storytelling when you you speak in, inside a company, let's say in meetings, uh, short events inside a company, small events, and when you're speaking in a conference, a big difference or, or not? Yeah, uh, I, I love this question, Oscar. So they, they, to me, they're quite different. So when you're mm-hmm. talking inside an organization, you generally have potentially more resistance from stakeholders Mm-hmm. And you have less time, as in mm, yes. you might be in a meeting, right? Or you might be one of a couple of speakers that are in some event that you've got. But generally, you're much more pressed for time and the, I feel like the audience are more resistant to change. When you're talking in a, a conference or an event, generally people are more open to what you have to say and they will potentially allow you a bit more time if you're going into a story. 
So I feel like when you're at work, you're in a position where you're trying to really influence people. When you're in a conference, potentially you're in a position where you're more inspiring people. When you're at work, you're trying to connect the dots with a story. And when you're in a conference, you're trying to connect to them on a personal level, if that makes sense. So, yes, you're probably telling stories, but there's different motivations. And in a corporate context, you might tell a shorter story. And in an event or a conference, you have the liberty, I believe, of telling a bit more of a story that's a bit longer and potentially more personal, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Interesting to, to hear the, the difference between these two setups, but I can, there can be a, some, um, they are, they are different, definitely. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. No, that's okay. I think because one thing I'll just add to that is mm-hmm. I, I get a question quite often from people, which is, but if I'm presenting to a board, uh, mm-hmm. they're not going to want me to go into a story or potentially I have said in the past, I'm going to tell you a story and they've gone, oh, we don't have time mm-hmm. for that. So I think it also comes down to how you set up a story. When in a corporate world, if you're going to set up a story, you probably don't want to say, I want to tell you a story. Yes. You probably just want to say to people to set the context and then you might want to put them as the central character in the story because that mm. will really get them to buy into it and they, yeah, they're, they're probably going to have less resistance than if you say, oh, let me tell you a story yeah. and they're going to think, oh, we don't have time. Exactly. <laughs> Immediately. No, no stories here. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, get to the point. Exactly. You want facts, facts, numbers, etc. Yeah. <laughs> so, what would you say now? You are now. I know you are very active now coaching people. So, in these times, there are no there are no conferences. No, there are no no stage this kind of stuff. So, when mm. you are speaking on a video that is very common nowadays, so how how would you organize mm-hmm. your stage? So, what are some advice you would you would give to people who want to speak yeah. in front of a camera now so yeah so if i think one massive thing is lighting so if you have the liberty of choosing where you can actually speak and you have multiple options then somewhere that has a lot of natural light is clearly ideal rather than having lighting that's above you or having to have something mm. very light to sort of in your face so if you can talk where you're facing a window perfect because that's just great lighting and then people can see you very clearly the second thing is and I sort of went through a little bit of a transition myself with this is thinking that perhaps it might be good to have a virtual background but then realizing that don't we all just want to connect with the person and don't we all want a bit more authenticity from someone so now I actually think people want to get a little bit of a peek into your house (laughs) if it's appropriate I mean if you have to set up in your kitchen then that's not ideal so if if you can get to a place where there's something that reflects you in the background at the moment for myself I have when I do zoom calls I have a bit of artwork behind me and I have my bookshelf behind me And that projects, and a plant as well, and that projects a little bit of my personality and it's a little bit interesting, but it's not too distracting. And then the other thing I would say is if you can raise your laptop up 
like mm. you potentially would at work. Ideal, ideal height is where your eyes are at the top of your screen and your mouth is in the center of the screen. Mm-hmm. If you can be sort of dead center, that's pretty much people will feel like you're talking to them rather than it looking down on you or in a weird angle. So I think yes. the, the, yeah, the positioning of you in the frame is also quite important. Mm-hmm. Okay. And well, then obviously no, you know, no distractions of noise is the other thing. <laughs> yeah, distraction, of course. <laughs> Yes, that's yeah. exactly. No, this. crying babies in the background. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, Emily, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? Sure. So I picked my favorite storytelling quote, which is, tell the story of the mountain you climbed. Mm-hmm. Your words could be a page on someone else's survival guide. And I just love this because, I, as I said, I think at the start, through vulnerability comes connection and how when someone else that was so great at public speaking told me that they also struggled, it's so great to feel like we're not alone and to be able to learn from someone else's failure and lessons that they've learned. Yeah, it's definitely a good one. Is there an author or is is your quote? Uh, No, it's not my quote. Oh, dear. Um, I'll have to tell you afterwards because I actually can't remember. I didn't write it down. It's a really good one. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Could you now recommend us one book that has been particularly inspiring or influential for you? Oh, yes. So my favorite all-time book is in relation to storytelling is The Storyteller's Secret by mm-hmm. Carmine Gallo. Mm-hmm. And he is just the godfather of storytelling. And <laughs> it's just a fascinating read. It is. I, I agree. Highly recommend. I read that book. It's really highly recommended for, yeah. <laughs> for, for anything we've been talking today. Yeah. Could you finally share with us an exercise, something practical that you would recommend us doing regularly, a routine to shine? Sure. I would highly recommend, recommend sorry, meditation. If you can meditate every day, even if it's for 30 seconds, you will be so much calmer and you will be more focused and even more creative. And who doesn't want to be all of those things as a presenter? And you don't have to sit there and listen to your breathing. You can actually meditate in the shower, on the train, in a car. It doesn't have to be a, sort of a one style of meditation, but meditate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so can be also any, as you say, different situations means uh, different types of, different times of the day. Yes, there's so many different types of meditation. As long as you build it into, you stack it on top of another habit. That was one one really great tip I once mm. learned about trying to build in a new habit to your routine. If you can stack it on something else you already do, right. then you're much more likely to continue to do that every day. Hmm. Yes, yeah, sounds definitely a, a good advice. 
Well, thanks a lot, Emily, for sharing all this. It's, it's really interesting, really fascinating for uh, anybody, not only in the tech industry, but uh, anybody who wants to tell more stories in, in their talks and in their meetings, interviews, any, any, and any time. Please let us know how we can uh, get in touch with you, find more what you are doing. What are the best ways? Sure. So I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, and I'm on Instagram. But you can find me on my website. That's probably the easiest way as well. So emilyedgley.com. And all the links are there to follow me on socials. So that's probably the easiest. And it's E-M-I-L-Y-E-D-G-E-L-E-Y.com. Okay, perfect. Many, many ways to find you, Emily. Again, Emily, it was a pleasure talking with you and all the best. Thank you so much, Oscar. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time, 